Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to get sexy. So watch Secular Sexuality Live Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTSS and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call S-E-X. Happy belated Juneteenth and also happy Pride Month, y'all. And welcome back to another episode of The Nonprofit, the show where we discuss news and topics of the day from a skeptical humanist perspective. My name is Cynthia, and I am joined by, to my far left, the man with the facts and the figures, Mr. Malty. How are you? Hello, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I am doing peachy keen jelly bean. Thank you very much. And from the cutest cartoon that is trying to smash my nonprofit's appearance record, Mr. Mateo Aldeo. Hey, Teo, how you doing? Not only trying, I'm going to do it, Cynthia. I'm going for you. I will find you. I will catch up with you. It's a promise. You know what? I'm halfway scared. And last but definitely not least, the apologist nightmare and the one who gets around, okay. <laughs> round, 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 the ACA okay. shows, Mr. Kenneth Leonard. Yeah. How you doing, Ken? Cynthia, I've I've missed you. It's always a party when we get to hang. So this is, yeah, happy to be here. Yes, I'm I'm pleasantly pleased that you are here with us again, sir. And yes, I miss you too. Come back! Anyway, if anybody is kidding. I know, like, I left. know. He left me and I've been very sad. I've been working through it in therapy, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Speaking of therapy, today we are going to talk about things. The first thing that we're going to talk about is Juneteenth and what is it and how to celebrate it. We're also going to be talking about a Catholic school that gets detention. More on that later. And then next we're going to talk about religion. Can it make you pro-choice? We'll see. And finally, eh, we're just not that into you, God. Trust, it's you, not us. And this show is a product of the Atheist Community of Austin, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the separation of religion and government and promoting positive atheism. And as with all of our shows, links to today's topics and the news we discuss are available in the description 
below. And a reminder that if you want to come into the show prepared, you can check out the nonprofit's Facebook fan page every Friday night for a list of the articles ahead of time. So, okay, so right. So let's go ahead and move into segment numero uno. Did I do that right, Tayo? Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Let's, yeah, let's just go for that. All right, great. Because I'm all big on the screen. So let's talk about it. So Juneteenth. Yes, Juneteenth. Juneteenth was this past Sunday. Uh, we're talking about it a little bit later, but that's okay. Um, we definitely want to thank you. Thank you, Taya. I appreciate that. Uh, definitely want to uh, talk about this very significant holiday uh, that has just transpired and what it's all about. So the lead article that we're coming from is Juneteenth is Sunday. What is the significance behind the federal holiday by the US Day, USA Today by Chelsea Cox that was printed on June 15th, 2020. And then we also have a couple of other follow-up articles, especially from history.com and also on the morning edition uh, from uh, NPR. So what is Juneteenth? First off, happy belated Juneteenth again to everybody. And happy is the appropriate term to be in conjunction with Juneteenth because it was the first festival. The first festival of it was actually called Jubilee. So Juneteenth is actually short for June 19th, which marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and to ensure that all enslaved people be free. The troops arrival came about full two years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. And Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest running African-American holiday on June 17th, 2021, when it actually officially became a federal holiday. So the Emancipation Proclamation issued by uh, President Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863, had established that all enslaved people in the Confederate states in the rebellion against the Union shall be then there thenceforward forever free. But in reality, the Emancipation didn't the Emancipation Proclamation, rather, didn't instantly free any enslaved people. The proclamation only applied to places under Confederate control and not to slaveholding border states or rebel areas under Union control. However, as Northern troops advanced into the Confederate South, many enslaved people fled behind U.S. lines. And in Texas, specifically, slavery had continued as the state experienced a large-scale fighting or significant presence of Union troops. Many enslavers from outside the Lone Star had moved there as they viewed it to be a safe haven for slavery. And then after the war came to a close in spring of 1865, General Granger's arrival in Galveston that June uh, signaled freedom for Texas 250 thousand enslaved people. Although emancipation didn't happen overnight for everyone, in some cases, enslavers withheld, uh, withheld the information until harvest season. So they can go ahead and get that free cotton, y'all. And celebrations actually broke out 
among the newly freed Black people and Juneteenth was born. That December, slavery in America was formally abolished with the 15th, with the 13th Amendment. I know my history, y'all. With the 13th Amendment being adopted in the United States Constitution. And now I will open it up to the floor so that the panelists slash hosters with the mosters can chime on. But what do you guys think? Juneteenth, let's talk about it. Anybody, everybody? I'll tell you, Malti, the first you thing, like you to say. yeah, the first thing. Oh, well, Jan, go ahead, Kenneth. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, like every time I, I think about the history of Juneteenth and and this process of, you know, because I, I, there, there is a misconception among among many Americans that, you know, Lincoln signed the, the, the Emancipation Proclamation and it's just, bam, it's a wrap. All right, now everything's good. And, uh, you know, black people, white people are equal forever, right? Yeah, it's not quite yeah. that simple. Sure. And, right. And, and I want, like, I, I just, I find myself wondering how many slaves like basically went to the slave owners like, oh, hey, uh, boss, I um, I don't know if you heard about this, but like I, I heard sort of through the grapevine uh, that we're, we're all we're actually free now. Um, so maybe we could uh, like, I don't know, like get the fuck out of here. And the boss like, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Stephen, you're this is your problem. You're always thinking too much. Uh, that imagination's crazy. You just keep on working because uh, uh, no, you're definitely definitely not free. I don't know what you're talking about. And and just like how many people stayed in these miserable, awful, like inhuman conditions, uh, you know, by by disingenuous, resistant slave owners who who would do whatever they could to, you know, just keep keep screwing these these poor people over. Um, it's it's just a horrific thing to think about that, that interim period um, on top of you know centuries of of other you know slave stuff that's so sure. important to think about. Yeah, and that um, the for the union to come in and and then tell the slavers that they need to go to the emancipated slaves to tell them that oh. You're you're now free. Um, you really think you're going to have a, a great amount of um, of adoption of that policy? I mean, it's, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I you know it took two years after the Emancipation Proclamation um, for Gen uh, General Granger to inform the community of Galveston um, that which was like the last refuge of these slaveholders that uh, mm -hmm. they needed to do this, and they stayed there with a, a contingent of, of of army and to make sure it was done, and that's. Actually, from what I've seen, is what what needed to happen is uh, it needed to be enforced. But right. I mean, yeah, Texas is a big place, and um, when information doesn't travel any faster than horseback, two years to get from one side of the country to the other, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If only they had Twitter. Yeah. All the slave if owners. Only they had Twitter. All these slave owners being like, "We got to <laughs> yeah. tell them they're free." Yeah, we'll get right on that, and then exactly. yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, bunch of yeah. pieces yeah. of shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so many things happen in two years, guys. I. I don't want to think about people who died waiting for freedom. Oh, they were God, supposed yeah. to be already free and they were still being treated as slaves and died as slaves. Yeah. As slaves, sorry. Uh, it's it's awful. It's terrible. Why Texas is always, oh yeah, black, black, uh, black, <laughs> Bible belt, sorry, Bible belt stuff, right? Always Texas. Where are they taking rights away? Yeah, go look at Texas right in there. Uh, abortions laws and they are not freeing their slaves despite this being legal in the whole country that I mean, being illegal that they could have slaves. But okay, I I want to be a little I, I want to be a little more optimistic in here because I really like Juneteenth and this is the flag. If anybody wants to know, 
look at it, it's beautiful. And this is a wonderful celebration, or for me it's a special time because this, when I uh, joined the nonprofits for the first time, and I worked with Cynthia right here for the first time, we were talking about this, about Juneteenth. So for me it's a special in more than one way. And it's one day that I will never forget. And I think, following that, that it should be a date that nobody should ever forget because it's going to talk about uh, the rights that people may have. And I remember that that time we were not only talking about Juneteenth, but we were also talking about, and I learned about the Tulsa massacre. And we mm. were talking about all the yeah. horrible ways how black people have suffered in the USA because of certain, I don't know if it's a racist kind of community that there is in there or I don't know I, I'm not from the USA I don't want to talk much about them you are right now but black people sadly have suffered a lot in there and that's why these type of celebrations are so important and we have to remember them and we must never forget about them and don't forget these black people it's important for all of you yes and and actually I, that you, flag I, uh I'm, I'm sorry go ahead Kenneth and then I'll talk about the flag but go ahead okay well I was just gonna say like I mean it is this day for celebration, it's, I mean, it's, it's such a huge landmark. Um, I, I find myself, I'll get my depressing concern out of the way so we can keep talking about the good parts, but certainly I, sure. I, I worry in America that, you know, we've seen it before where we're like any celebration of any progress related to racial injustice in the United States is becomes this thing where, where white people turn it into an opportunity to just pat themselves on the back and be like, look how good we are. We let the slaves go. Aren't we awesome? And 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 we'll sort of mythologize uh, Juneteenth as this as something that it isn't, um, where it's it's not in any sense like an ending, but but just part of this continuation of this long slow march toward you know something. I mean it, it, that still hasn't been attained when we talk about about racial inequality in the United States. So that's that's the thing. Like I, I just know if I were to walk down the street you know, and start asking random people, hey, you know, what is Juneteenth? You know, people will confuse it with the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. People won't know what right. it is. They'll think of it, oh, it's a day off. Oh, it's the day that we achieved racial justice in the United States. Or, you know, it's so, so I, I think that um, it, it's a good thing, Cynthia, that, that, you know, you're shining a light on it here and, and that the conversation is continuing to happen, but I worry about white people co-opting it into some self-congratulatory myth of, you know, yeah. of just like the daughters that have been attained. Oh, just like the Daughters of Confederacy tried to do in textbooks in the South, um, not to after Reconstruction was wrought. Yeah, and this is important. Why this is why it's so important to really highlight things like this because you know I I, I knew certain Black folks who were kind of disheartened specifically about uh, Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday because it seemed like politically all we get is just like symbolism, right? Instead of like actual mm. um, policies that really are about transformative justice, right? Um, but one of the things that I think it's really important to commemorate this day because one, it is American history. And and I, and I need to preface that because like, I noticed that like a lot of people were trying to like turn it into this like pan African type thing. And, and, you know, and it's, and it's not, it's, it's something that's really um, appropriate for why this is an emancipation for African-Americans that come from chattel slavery, And, um, or, or how the, um, the, 
uh, the, a lot of government documents called it the Freedmen. Okay, so it's and 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 with it being American history, we will never learn anything about where we need to go unless we are actually very straight on where we came from. I so am disheartened specifically about how we even are having laws that are coming against like critical race theory and and um even though that it's really just an attempt to to try to to teach either a revisionist history or not teach history at all uh mm -hmm. when it comes to the foundations of the United States and and I guess like the whole thing about is like what's well, going to make white children feel bad for being white or it's going to uh, it's going to uh, grand uh, make America look bad. Well, you know, America, you weren't always so great. OK, you, you, you just weren't. You weren't always so great and you weren't great to uh, a lot of your uh, residents and your citizens now citizens. You and you got your start from free labor. I, you know, I know that like some people like to even come up with this revisionist history that slavery is not what helped the country become an economic world power, but it's exactly what happened. And you need to acknowledge that. <laughs> you kind of just need to acknowledge no, that. All, the, all that free labor didn't help us out. What are you talking about? I <laughs> and know, Our right? economy wasn't built on the backs of human misery. What? No. Right? No, that never happened. No, it was it was the good old American spirit and the the, the, the trying of the American dream. Weha. No, that is exactly what did not happen, people. And this is why it's important to actually <laughs> talk about this stuff and highlight this stuff and, and really and 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 I'm glad that it became a federal holiday because then if it's a federal holiday, then it's something that needs to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And then you know, and it could possibly be something that can actually enter into curriculums in schools. You know, like, hey, this this thing, it's a federal holiday. It's not the reason why your parents actually being off this day, it's because that's when the last of the slaves found out that they were free. Uh, let's talk about slavery. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, a, oh, it's an opportunity for sure. Yeah. Because you know, kids are going to ask about it. You know, kids are going to be like, what's the deal? And you know, it's funny. This is reminding me of this. Is, I'm going off the rails. This this reminds me of when my dad rented Roots when I was a kid and made me watch it. And like, I <laughs> I remember looking at him and be like, God, this is this is really bad. And my dad, he's just sitting back on the couch like, yes, this is this is, this is it's, it's, it's fucked up, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> and and there was no there was no consideration of being like, you know, we shouldn't feel bad about it. Like, like, where did that come from? This idea that's like, oh, well, we don't want anybody to feel bad about the past. Like, why? It's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm concerned about those people who say, oh, no, people get so offended, those snowflakes. And they feel bad if they remind them, hey, do you remember how your country was founded on misery and slavery? Oh, don't make me feel bad, please. It's like, um, come on, guys, check, check what uh, you're saying, please. I was really um, interested um, to see that, uh, you know, that as early as 1866, the year after, um, there was church-centered celebrations of Juneteenth, um, mm -hmm. that it became commercialized in the 20s and 30s um, as a uh, as a festival of food. And, you know, I was trying also to think about how I should go about respectfully um, celebrating yeah. Juneteenth because it's supposed to be a celebration. This is not a okay. this is not Memorial Day where you're thinking of the, the dead people. This is a celebration of the um, the making something correct or trying to. It's in some way writing a wrong. But um, so I mean, I think that 
that has been seen, you know, even though like in the 60s, civil rights kind of overtook it. In the 70s, it was there again. And and um, so this is what we're talking like by 1979, what was 49 or excuse me, 47 of the states had something um, designating Juneteenth as as a, um, a recognized holiday. And then, you know, last year, President Biden making it a federal holiday um, mm -hmm. is, I think, a long time coming. I'm glad it happened, but could have, but could have happened earlier. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have. I mean, because especially when you have activists that actually was trying to push for uh, Juneteenth to become a federal holiday for a mm -hmm. very long time. But you know, but going back to that whole thing about okay, what's respectful on how to celebrate Juneteenth, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's a very good question because what we know what should not happen is how it has been commercialized, especially since it's become a federal holiday. I, I've seen Juneteenth plates. I've seen Juneteenth cups. I've seen all types of stuff. And um, even Walmart came out with a Juneteenth ice cream that was red velvet cake flavored. And, and, you know, and this is, and, and I, uh, it's it's kind of sad how like capitalism works in the United States to the point where people are going to take something like this and try to you know commercialize it and and, and actually make money. But that's kind of like what we do in America. That is totally American. But um, I I am glad that you know you have people from the black community to get into Walmart's ass and be like, hey, you know what's not appropriate? This. And they took it down. And mm -hmm. I, and I necessarily, and I think that that's something that should happen more often. But I think that people, when we're talking about celebrating Juneteenth, should actually have community members at the table so that we can talk, really talk about, you know, how to celebrate Juneteenth. I, I don't necessarily think that it should be a, a holiday that is, um, that is just talking about misery and woe. Uh, I do think it is. It should be something where families can come together, and and I don't have a problem with the cookouts. I don't have a problem with the festivals, and I don't have a problem with music because the very first like organized Juneteenth was called Jubilee, right? It had music, it had dancing, it had you know people really just celebrating freedom because of all the pain and misery that you know Black folks actually endured for 244 years before that. So, um, but but at the same time, it should be also a day of reflection, of remembering, of, 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 of education. Uh, lessons need to be uh, wrought concerning this particular holiday. And, and it's lessons not only just for Black folks, but it should be lessons for all folks. Like, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, that people do when they are um, attempting to become citizens in the United States is they have to learn the history of the United States. Uh, they have to learn about the Constitution. They have to learn about the Declaration of Independence. They have to learn about all the different things that, you know, we are exposed to when we are uh, preteens um, before, before we can go into high school and take the Constitution test. So if that is something that's part of the curriculum for people becoming citizens and it's, and it's also part of the curriculum for folk who are, you know, trying to move from one from middle school to high school, that that should definitely be part of the the the, um, the curriculum as well, in my opinion, because you know it is definitely uh, very American. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Multi, I think that you had like something else that you wanted to add. Did I? I thought I thought you did. Well. <laughs> I I guess um, just the one thing, the quote that I really found um, inspiring from um, the senator, Senator Markey, um, the Democrat from Massachusetts, who uh, um, put the bill 
up in the um, in the wake of uh, the George Floyd and, and Taylor murders um, was, quote, today's Senate passage of our legislation to commemorate Juneteenth as a federal holiday will address this long ignored gap in our history, recognize the wrongs that were done, acknowledge the pain and suffering of generations of slaves and their descendants, and finally celebrate their freedom. And that was uh, said on June 17th of uh, 2020. So yeah, when they were um, making the uh, the vote to, uh, uh, to send it into law, I believe it was unanimously voted up. Yes, it was. And, okay. And as, as, go ahead, Teo. As, as final words, I, I would like to ask you something, uh, Cynthia. Do you think that the Black Lives Matter movement is related some somehow to this amazing flag that we have in here and this interesting uh, thing that we're talking about today? Um, I, I think that it, it has something to do with that. However, that particular flag was designed by Ben Haith back in 1997. So it was before the actual Black Lives Matter movement. But I definitely uh, believe like a lot of these particular things are correlated. You know, the Juneteenth flag being actually uh, designed, uh, the Black Lives Matter being founded uh, after Trayvon Martin was uh, killed back in 2013. And, um, and then of course, like George Floyd losing his life on camera with a knee in his neck for eight minutes and 49 seconds. Ken? Cool. I have some stuff to say about that later. Thank you, Cynthia. <laughs> no worries. And Kenneth? I, I think that there's a, a great point to be made that you were touching on with the respect to the elements of like commercialization and capitalization that, yeah, it, it, have the cookout, have the have the conversations. But if your cookout features a bunch of like Juneteenth swag produced by a corporation using like sweatshop labor, there's, there's like a, you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying like there's, Cause yeah, it's uh, yeah. Don't 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 make it sad, people. Don't don't make it don't make it dumb, America. I'm begging you, because this it could be an opportunity to have some really cool conversations and and move the ball forward a little bit. Indeed, indeed, and and actually, um, this is my final thoughts. Like one of the things that is uh, pushed as well around Juneteenth, and even though this should be like 365, 366 during leap year, is to support Black business, especially mm -hmm. since. 97% yeah. of black businesses are one are sole proprietorship. So there are actually plenty of uh, black businesses that produce and sell Juneteenth merchandise. Um, I happen to have like a few uh, t-shirts and things of that nature that I have purchased from uh, black businesses and even uh, black nonprofits uh, that are actually using Uh, money from their sales to push uh, social justice and economic justice work. So it, a simple Google search people, simple charity.com, even, you know, to like actually look up places like this is, is something that you can do. Um, and, 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 and it also would really help push the spirit of Juneteenth forward. Uh, it's, it's really, again, about community upliftment. And um, when you support Black Americans, you support America. How about that? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we guys um, are going to go into segment numero dos. But before we do that, just want to say thank you to our veteran viewers for getting us to, and this is the last time that I read it, 11.1 thousand subscribers. Okay. We're going to do air applause here. 
Very good, very good. So if you're watching us now and haven't subscribed yet, you need to get on that, like, right, right, right now, okay? And once you subscribe, make sure you like this video and ring that bell so that you always know when a new nonprofits episode premieres every Sunday, 3 p.m. Central, like every Sunday, 3 p.m. Central. But you knew that already, that it was every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central because it is every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central. Then share the link to our channel with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, the neighbor guy that you like, the neighbor guy that you don't like, and maybe his sister. Maybe Especially that guy. <laughs> Especially that guy. Okay. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. Share, it to, share it to the neighbor guy's family members that you don't like because you may like them yeah. and then you would turn around and probably like the neighbor guy that you don't like because he watches us and everyone and anyone. So let's get the word out there so we can also help with our fundraiser. And are you aware that the Atheist Community of Austin has another YouTube channel? Did you know that people? Well, you should. So make sure that you check out the Atheist Experience Network, a channel where you can find all ACA shows in a podcast form. Subscribe at tiny.cc slash AEN podcast to listen to episodes of the nonprofit, which is the flagship show of the ACA, the Atheist Experience, Secular Sexuality, Truth Wanted, and all other ACA shows so you don't miss a single episode. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. And moving right along, let's go ahead and go to segment numero dos. And that would be Teo. I believe you're up. I'm up. And yeah. aquí vamos, señores. So, I know it was kind of awkward to ask you about Black Lives Matter and the relation with Juneteenth because I I kind of feel that both of them are, you know, movements that are related to basic human rights for people. And as we're going to learn right now in the second part, can you believe the Catholic Church is against basic human rights? So whoever who dares to have a flag related to basic human rights, like uh, the one of Black Lives Matter, or this colorful, beautiful flag that I have right in here with me. The Catholic Church opposes that. So everybody, please check the CBS News article in the description, because there is a Massachusetts school that cannot long can no longer be called Catholic after flying Black Lives Matter and Pride flags, according to certain bishops. So yes, once again, here I am. What a coincidence. 
talking against this disgusting institution called the Catholic Church. And yeah, I'm not going to talk about, you know, the disgusting behavior of the Catholic Church that uh, that has that they have that they always have, I have to say. I'm not going to talk about the Pope blaming victims for slandering rapists. I'm not going to talk about the thousands of children who have been raped by priests and protected by the church. I mean, the, the rapists, not the children. Their children were definitely not protected by the church. I'm not going to talk about the baby selling networks for, uh, from Christian orphanages, the many accusations of human trafficking from several Christian Christian institutions, or even how they have turned nuns into sexual slaves or priests, or even the over 10,000 children who are buried under Christian churches schools in Canada. No, 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 because we have talked about that before over and over and over and over again. And once again, I am officially exhausted by the awfulness of this institution and the awful people who would dare to defend this disgusting behavior. The Catholic Church is an international ma mafia. I don't care what people think of me if I say that, but guys, please realize what this horrible institution is doing. And today, or rather in this article that we're reading, they have publicly admitted that they are against the most basic human rights, the rights to be represented and not to be discriminated. So uh, I, I guess I should, I, I should quote from the article as usual. Here, uh, a bishop in Worcester, Massachusetts, has said that an area middle school can no longer call itself Catholic because it flew Pratt, eh, sorry, Pride and Black Lives Matter flags on its campus after being told to take them down. In a decree, Bishop Robert J. McKenna's uh, or whatever his name is, said that the Nativity School is supporting movements that are inconsistent with Catholic teaching. So, you know, people, now daring to believe that people have the most basic human rights is inconsistent with Catholic teaching. Mm. Imagine, imagine the, imagine this institution saying that you are not supposed to support hum, basic human rights and that makes you not Catholic or incompatible with Christianism. <sighs> this disgusting piece of POS, yeah, that's the technical word, uh, called Macanus, he wrote that the gay pride flag represents support of gay marriage and actively living an LGBTQ plus lifestyle. And apparently that's uh, something bad, according to this asshole. Can you believe that? Imagine having problems with people loving each other. <sighs> I have so many more things to say, but guys, I can't be all day long talking about this disgusting mafia. So please, somebody take it from me. Guys, what do you think about this awful, awful thing? Imagine the Catholic Church actually being against human Right. Oh, you mean the same Catholic Church that actually, like, you know, state-sponsored slavery, the transatlantic slave trade? Yeah, that, that was them. Or the same Catholic Church that actually targeted Jewish people so that they can, uh, you know, if they didn't confess Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would be basically, you know, killed. Or like the same Catholic Church that used to, like, rot power uh, throughout the ages if they didn't get their way with other kings and things of that nature, that they were going to come down and just put the smack down on them. You mean that Catholic Church? Oh, it can be actually against this no oh well you know what i was mo mostly thinking about that specific catholic church who supported the most famous christian of all times adolf hitler and you know what they supported him killing jewish because he was doing the job of the lord by avenging their lord and savior jesus christ who was condemned by the jews yeah guys the reason why uh, why nazis had god mint ants is not just because hitler thought it was a good luck um 
something for good luck is because he was Catholic. They were Christians and the Catholic Church was supporting them. That is the Catholic Church I was thinking of, Cynthia. Maybe oh, okay. it's the same. Maybe. I was, I was just checking. To Ken. be fair, I, I've, well, to be fair, I have heard when I've brought up Hitler being supported by the church and being a Christian, there is a common objection that I've heard from Christians, which is that they'll say, nah, so there's that. Um, so, <laughs> but the, the thing is that like the, the church, the Catholic church has lost a lot of power. The church doesn't have the power anymore to really like prop up dictators or, or sponsor a transatlantic slave trade. So, so they've got to do Catholic church stuff at a smaller scale. Um, mm. So they, you know, they're, 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 they're going to keep doing Catholic church stuff now by, by squashing uh, schools. <laughs> I like, I don't even know. Like I, I Guys, I was thinking about it and like, it's just, it's par for the course for the church. Um, and and the question that, that I think we all have to be asking is why does the church have any power or influence at all? Can anyone justify the role of the Catholic church as an institution in any society that does value human rights and dignity? Like, how bad does it have to get with the church? I mean, we're all talking about how this institution has essentially forever, as long as it's existed, uh, been awful. Um, and like, like when they, when, when we hear about something like this in the news, none of us are surprised when we heard about the thousands of dead kids buried under Catholic churches in Canada, like, was anybody really surprised? I was on the couch going, Oh, you know, that makes sense. Um, and, and, and what, what, what blows my mind most about this story isn't anything that the church is doing that's shitty. Cause that's like, of course it is, but it's that the, the school is appealing. The school's like, mm -hmm. no, no, we really still want to be, we still want to fly under the banner of being a Catholic school. They're appealing the decision. It's like, like people like, why, 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 why do you want that? Why do you want to be associated with this? When mm -hmm. they, I mean, they're, 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 they're putting their cards on the table school up, uh, you know, they're, what are you, what are you doing is, is what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, this could not be a, a worse PR nightmare for, um, the Catholic diocese of Massachusetts. Um, and, um, so let me, uh, read this. This is from the, um, the webpage, uh, landing page at the nativity school of Worshire. Uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I apologize or incorrectly that the nativity school is an accredited independent Jesuit middle school that provides a quality, all scholarship education to underserved boys of all faiths draw upon hmm. its four pillars, strength, scholarship, character, and service. A nativity education inspires self-discovery, responsibility, spiritual growth, and lifelong dedication to learning. There's only one thing in that entire thing that I disagree with, and I don't understand what spiritual growth is. So that's the only yeah, reason. We but I mean, so that's one thing that that really stuck out is it is independent and now I in, in further reading about these they do not get any money from the diocese whatsoever so the diocese really does not have any other means of control other than saying you know you can no longer use our designations um, oh, oh and uh, one one thing late breaking news um, 
as of uh, yesterday, the Nativity School of Worcester gets has received over $100,000 in donations since the bishop stripped it of its Catholic identity for flying the Pride and BLM. Well, that was there you off go. Off of uh, Massachusetts Live, uh, June 21st, 2020. So, oh, Malty, I have to do the thing. Uh, since you said breaking news, breaking news. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> What's up, Catherine? <laughs> I want to say that, um, yeah, they don't have a real, you know, they don't depend uh, of the, uh, they, they are, they don't depend on the church. But have you read their mission? I'm going to quote it. Nativity School's mission is to fulfill, develop each student's God-given talents and its abilities in a safe, respectful, Christ-centered environment based on the principles and tradition for, of our Catholic faith. So it's kind of they go always around that. But I I feel that it's a step in the right direction that, as as you mentioned, guys, the, the director... Uh, I have the name here, McKinney. McKinney, related to you, Kenneth. McKinney, he said that as a multi multicultural school, the flags represent the inclusion and respect of all people. And he also said, these flags simply state that, are, that all are welcome at nativity. And this value of inclusion is rooted in Catholic teaching. Huh. Can you believe that kind of two people misinterpreting their own religion? Huh. Weird. Never seen that before. Unlikely yeah. the Nativity School, as you mentioned, is independently funded, so it doesn't receive money from the diocese. I mean, guys, come on now. Like, I mean, and Kenneth can probably say it more than anybody because, like, you know, he just, like, trounces around like ACA Collins shows like it ain't nobody's business. But, you know, <laughs> no offense, Kenneth. But one of the things that we are all familiar with, uh, especially uh, in, in Christian faith, uh, is cherry picking. You know, we, we can pick the things that we, we we believe and 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 um, hold dear and, and things of that nature and then we can kind of just like you know just like spit out the pit you know it's just kind of kind of how christianity in in the nutshell rolls i mean because if it didn't why do we have over forty five thousand different denominations in the world i, I mean like y'all y'all confused you need to get it together but you know with this I, I hold the bishop you know as we already you know have stated like the catholic church in of itself has a very really funky shitty shitter sh shitness -ness 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 record right you know like kid rape yep uh you know slavery yeah you're putting it mildly when you're <laughs> yeah, like they're yeah. shitty that's like that's yeah. kind of being like charitable you, you no, know, no, I am. I'm, I, I am being. I'm being. I'm being charitable. I'm. I'm trying to like you know like just think <laughs> about my old alma mater back in the day when I was like a Catholic school. You know, like you know, like yeah, y'all were shitty. Yeah, I was shitty. But you know, I enjoyed my time in high school. Just wanted to tell you that. But I mean, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> but like regardless of that, like like first off, I'm just like really just tripping like this like um this this bishop dude. You know, oh my gosh, like this like when he was talking specifically about the Black Lives Matter flag, and even though like I'm not a supporter specifically of the organization because like, they're wrought with issues, but I do believe <laughs> definitely Black Lives Matter. And, and one of the things that he says is that as for the Black Lives Matter flag, he said that while the church stands for unequivocally behind the phrase Black Lives Matter and strongly affirms that all lives matter, that's a, that's a dog whistle, y'all, the BLM movement co-opted the phrase and promotes a platform that directly contradicts Catholic social teaching on the importance and role of the nuclear 
hair family and seeks to disrupt the family structure in clear opposition to the teachings of the Catholic Church. And you know, and okay, what remember I was talking about well, yeah, what the what the fuck that mean? But well, check this out. Remember we was talking about the whole thing about cherry picking? You you know you, you remember that? Remember that? Okay, cool. I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay, great, great. You know, just go back like a few minutes ago. But check this out. Priests are still not able to marry. And and any person that is serving in a, a cleric um as a clergy person are not able to marry. A nun is not able to marry. A monk is not able to marry. A bishop is not able to marry. So on and so forth, right? How are we talking about nuclear families when you can't even marry to actually have a nuclear family and you guys are the leaders of the fucking church? Like, it's kind of like pick a lane. they and can't do it, they know more about it. Of course! That makes sense. Yes. Yes, Malty. As always, you provide the facts over the figures. And I, I but my whole thing is like, one of the things I said, like, is that I really wish the bishop would clarify himself when he said that the BLM movement co-opted the phrase and promotes a platform that directly contradicts the Catholic Church. Like, I, because I, 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 I don't understand, like, if we even look at the whole overall messaging of even that movement itself, it's all about stop indiscriminately killing Black people. Full stop. Just, just to stop that shit. Yep. You know, and, and I don't understand how that can be co-opted to the point where it actually goes against Catholic teaching, Catholic doctrine. Oh, maybe because they did indiscriminately kill a whole bunch of motherfuckers and for their own uh, gain. I, am I wrong? I don't know. Can, can you can you all tell me maybe I should, you know, because they kind of did, you know, okay, well, they ain't motherfuckers, but they killed motherfuckers. They did, you know, they did kill a lot and in the name of, of of God and their um and their credence. But I I I get to the point, and this is in all seriousness, that I get very uh tired specifically of something else that comes out of the Catholic Catholic sphere where someone is putting their foot in their mouth where they are directly contradicting the different things and teachings that they say that Jesus Christ espoused, which is tolerance, which is patience, yeah. which is what what happened to that whole fruit of the spirit thing? Kenneth, can you tell me? I don't know. It's all about power. It's just all about power. I mean, they, they, that's the whole thing. It's like it, it, BLM being like, hey, stop just killing all these black people. Like, like, please. The Catholic Church's position is, hey, 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 we tell you who gets to be killed and not killed because we've got the direct line to God. And mm. that's it. It's, it's all about power. And like, I, I, I have to say this, but like, I looked up Bishop McManus. Uh, I think it's pronounced like anus, right? Um, mm. It's in his name. Okay. Uh, anus right. is in his name. I'm just saying his, mm. his name does end with anus. Um, mm. And he like, like, okay, we're talking about like a white Irish Catholic guy from Massachusetts. You know, this dude was going to say all lives matter. You know, like this dude, it look, like people, like if you're at home, like, like Google Bishop McManus, Manus, and this dude is if all lives matter was a picture. Like, like I'm saying, <laughs> and it's all, it's, it's, it, all of this is about institutional power. That's, that's it. And and I, I I wanted to put my my little last point on this was was watch out for the Pope people who are paying attention to this are like because all of the people who've come out over the last several years been like oh yeah this Pope's different this is the progressive Pope this is the Pope that says like gay people and atheists are fine like 
if, if you're one of those people, you're you're one of the dumbest people on the face of the planet. Um, and I'm saying that from a place of love, just so you know that. I'm like, okay. But the, the Pope is the CEO of the church, okay? He is he's basically appointed by a board of directors and is accountable to shareholders like any other CEO would be. So if the when when the Pope pretends to care about people after centuries of bad PR for the Catholic Church. It is about institutional power. It is like the CEO of BP pretending to give a shit about marine biology after an oil spill, okay? It's the same thing. The, the Catholic Church cares about power, full stop, period. I cannot disagree with that. And um, I'm just going to just go ahead and uh, football it to you, Malti, and then uh, Teo, can you close this out? I would appreciate that from the both of you, please, and thank you. Yeah, um, I do understand why I think the um, somewhat I can understand why the administration of the school wants to consider themselves to continue to be Catholic because they feel that there is something worthy there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, and I, I've, I've worked with people who who are tightly entwined with the, the Jesuit um, type structure. And I think there's some good stuff there. But man, this is just, yeah, this 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 diocese and this this uh, bishop um, have really put their foot in. And I'm I'm so happy that they've got that extra hundred thousand dollars. Maybe they can put another scholarship together so they can get more underserved youth uh, a good education. So good on yeah. you, Nativity School. And 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 yeah, take I'm that. Just going Nick to leave our final... I just want to put that in there. You have to take that, Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Taya. <laughs> My final message is just for the Catholic Church. Catholic Church, you are the fucking most disgusting institution that has ever been created by people. So Catholic Church, go fuck yourself with a cactus pedazo de mierda. You deserve the worst. That's it. I wish you wouldn't hold back, Teo, um, and tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh, if I did, man. If I did. It's not a good idea, trust me. How do you say that? Puedes a mierda? Is that, is that it correct? Is that how you say it, Teo? De mierda. That's a piece of They're- shit. And oh, okay. All that the Catholic Church is. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. As, as my mother would say, in, um, and this is going to be the worst Jamaican accent ever. Yeah, piece of shit house, you. Oh God. <sighs> yeah. Thank you, mommy. <laughs> so now. Así es, hermana. <laughs> We (laughs) everybody, let's go ahead and just take a break from our conversation. And if you did not tune in to the other, goddamn you! I don't be professional here. Shit. Okay, let's try this again. Now let's take a break in our conversation. If you didn't tune into the other ACA shows last week, here is what you missed. Monogamy is not healthy for them or doesn't feel good to them or doesn't work for them. Is that also possible? Yeah, the the old joke is that a sex addict is just anybody who has more sex than their therapist. (laughs) Philosophically, you have arbitrarily chosen to believe something, believe in a Christianity, we'll say, and you think that that's superior, but you don't have any actual evidence, any actual basis to think that that's a superior moral system, do you? How many times have we had callers call in and say, oh, I'm the only one in such and such a town that's an atheist, and then the host says, oh, have you tried these three atheist organizations that are just down the street from you? I mean, it's you feel like you're alone, but, but we're all alone together. There's another option, which would be to go, if there's not evidence for the God, and we can't explain how we could tell the difference between God and our imagination, maybe you don't believe in 
the god. Maybe maybe you just go, I don't know. Killer Rarity said that, you know, we don't have proof for God. I have proof that people exist. So I would like to know what is a hundred percent proof that people exist. Are you are you gonna go into solipsism? Because we definitely please, don't no. have enough time for that. You realize <laughs> that, right? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. And we are going to go into our segment numero tres. And Kenneth, you are taking us in. I, I'm, I'm over here doing, I'm doing like deep breathing exercises. Because when I read this story, it made me so mad. <laughs> Made me so upset. Um, so this is from an Atlantic article uh, entitled "My Religion Makes Me Pro-Abortion" uh, by a rabbi named Danya Ruttenberg. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And basically, I, I just want to read the very like the intro to this to, to everybody. Where what what this is how they begin the article with saying, "Think about the relationship between faith and abortion, at least in the United States, and you might conjure up images of prayer circles at the March for Life or protesters outside clinics." or a priest giving a sermon on the sanctity of life. Religion is often associated with an anti-abortion stance in the American popular imagination, and white evangelicals have been encouraging that connection for decades. Now those efforts are culminating in the most disastrous year for abortion access since Roe v. Wade was decided 49 years ago, and in Supreme Court's likely reversal of Roe. But many of us working to protect the right to abortion are doing so because of our religious commitments, not despite them. And what she does is she she goes on to give examples from her religious tradition that say that that abortion is okay and um, cites uh, the Book of Exodus and cites the the Talmud and uh, goes into I mean essentially just just bad reasons to be pro-choice. Um, and, and the, the reason why I really, really hate bullshit like this is that this person is unwittingly, I would argue, making the world a worse place. Um, congratulations to the rabbi. You support basic, obvious human rights for bad reasons. Um, and the thing that I have to point out when people do this, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I am glad that your faith is leading you to outcomes that are, you know, preferable, that, that you know, are, are morally, you know, more justified than those that other people are, are coming to. But, but here's the thing that this is, and this is the entire point, literally anything can be believed, disbelieved, supported, opposed, justified, attacked, or ignored on the basis of faith, okay? The same bad reasons that the rabbi here is using to justify her moral intuitions can be used by others to directly oppose her moral intuitions. And the faith that is used to justify a pro-choice stance is no better than the faith of the anti-abortion activist. Um, and so what the, what the rabbi is doing is, is normalizing using this same broken tool of faith um, and, 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 and providing cover for those who would use the same tool to, for, for, for worse outcomes. Um, it's... It's it's sad, and the bottom line is that we we necessarily must invoke some non faith based standard 
for evaluating what the better and worse outcomes are in the first place. Otherwise, humanity is just left arguing over, you know, whose unjustified beliefs should be taken more seriously. Um, so that that's how I wanted to sort of open the conversation here. I mean, I think we all would agree that, that there are better and worse outcomes with respect to people using faith to justify their positions. But because faith is not a path to truth, um, it just leaves the door open for all the other bullshit that, that comes with faith. Hmm. Way to take down a, a step on the right direction, Kenneth, into um, the sad, sad reality <laughs> that, yeah, we cannot support uh, <clears throat> just one wrong idea fighting another wrong idea. Uh, you're totally right. Um, uh, I would like to mention that Christians who are against abortion are people who have never read their own Bible, because if you read Numbers 5, 11 to 35, God is the one who is um, who is going to uh, make uh, women abort if they have been unfaithful, and they teach their past. No, they are not pastors by then. Priests? No. Um, prophets? Whatever. How to make the special beverage in order to, you know, check if she has been unfaithful or not and mm. provoke an abortion. Mm. And this rabbi is quoting the, the book of Exodus as well. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to read it because I want to read this part. A story from the book of Exodus, part of the Hebrew Bible, forms uh, the backbone of Judaism, a formal take on abortion. Two people are fighting. One accidentally pushes someone who is pregnant, causing a miscarriage. The text outlines the consequences. If only a miscarriage happens, the harm doer, the harm doer is obligated to pay financial damages. If, however, the pregnant woman, the pregnant person dies, the case is treated as manslaughter. The meaning is clear. The fetus is regarded as potential life rather than actual life. Weren't we talking about cherry picking before? You know, that yeah. thing about taking whatever we want from the Bible and use that? Yeah, kind of. Christians do that all the time and they are... I mean, guys, where are the stories against abortion in the Bible? You just want to control women's lives and that's it. And it's very sad that here we have this story of another way of controlling women and whatever they can do or not with their body. And it has the freaking same base. The stories from over 2,000 years ago that nobody understands really or they just go and cherry pick. So, I mean, yes, I'm with you, Kenneth. Quite, quite sad. I mean, but this is the reason why we have uh, such dichotomies, trichotomies, multichotomies in the Abrahamic faith. Because you can literally mm. take these particular stories, you can take the uh, Hebraic scriptures and slap on the New Testament and then come up with all types of different outcomes, right? Like, this is not stuff that, that actually can lead unequivocally to a fact or a proper fact. This is going to come up with opinions over opinions, over opinions, over opinions. This particular rabbi comes to the opinion that, hey, my faith is is cool with abortion. Okay, sarah, sarah. And, and I mean, I'm cool with that. I girl, whatever floats your boat. But at the same time, like you said, Kenneth, like you can't use like bad reasons to come up to like a, a good stance. You you just you just can't do it. Or at least you shouldn't, right? Um, because like if 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 we actually look at the founding of the United States. And we have this whole thing about called the First Amendment. I th think, Kenneth, you heard about it. I think that you you read about it, you know, went to school about it, things about that nature. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, there's this thing called like the Establishment Clause, you know, yeah, you know, separating religion and government, church and state, you know, that that thing right there. And, and there was a reason for that. 
because even though that even the founding fathers were shitty, they had some good ideas. And one of the things that we know that should not be a thing is to have religion influencing law because you can then use religion to come up with all types of bad ideas or bad reasons of why you should do something. I mean, like one of the reasons why slavery lasted for so long is because religion was definitely a huge influence to why we should keep slavery. God said it was okay. So we should do it too, right? Yeah. Even if we come to this particular conclusion that, hey, you know, according to my Hebraic faith, you know, the Talmud says this and Exodus says that. So therefore, pro, pro-choice all the way, pro-reproductive rights all the way, you know, but that includes an argument for other people of faith who would say, well, the Bible says this and the Bible says that, and my church teaches this and my pastor teaches that. Ergo, abortion is bad, Malti. Hmm. This, um, Dana is an interesting, um, read, um, when I, when I uh, read about her. Um, so yeah, as a rabbi and, and, uh, an author and a member of the National Council of Jewish Women, I, I, I see a lot of things here that, um, is both cultural and, and religious. And, and when I, I read about her, um, work in, what was it called? Rabbis for Repo. Uh, it's a, a mm. rabbis for reproductive Catchy. rights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I, I do see that there's a lot of, um, a lot of verbiage here that is talking about things that, uh, that are, um, I'm, I'm just blanking on the word. I apologize. Um, that just makes sense. They're just part of the, she's mentions things like, or excuse me, the rabbis for reproductive.org, um, mentioned things like one out of four people that can get pregnant will have an abortion by the age of 45. It states there's, there's no, um, uh, documentation of where they got those numbers, but what they're saying is as, as clergy, if that is the case, I'm assuming, um, then they have the, a, uh, a responsibility to, um, provide information and support to these people who might be, um, tr- be traumatized by attacks on their bodily autonomy or are interested in learning more about their reproductive health rights or reproductive justice, uh, especially in this time, I'm, I'm happy that um, Rabbis for Repo exists. And um, though, you know, that they're asking for other rabbis to sign a petition stating that you're going to, you know, follow these this doctrine of um, of supporting women's reproductive rights is great. I, I would like to see something more than um, signing a declaration. Yeah, I but go ahead. Well, like, it's a, just another reminder that, you know, again, like Cynthia was pointing out that these these texts, these these books are are like Rorschach tests that you know as people approach them with their own moral intuitions their own their own values they can then use those books to justify their positions and i like don't get me wrong again i i am very very happy that this person is is out there fighting for reproductive rights that's essential work that needs to be happening mm-hmm. and the alternative when we when we see what's happening almost exclusively in the name of religion with respect to restricting access to reproductive rights it is it is frankly something that that it is it is sad and shocking that it is not more of an issue um that people aren't more upset 
uh, about this. Um, mm -hmm. But I just, I look at it, I look at the title of this article, My Religion Makes Me Pro-Abortion. And I look at the justifications for being pro-choice as being appeals to rabbinical tradition, to, to Mishnah, to Talmud. And and yes, there are plausible readings of, of your quote-unquote holy texts that can serve as the basis for human rights. But these books and these traditions are not necessary. Um, we, we as human beings, as just empathetic, compassionate people, rational people, we can figure this out without appealing to magic books, to imaginary friends. And I, I just, I again, I just worry that when you use faith to justify your morals or your activism, you leave the door open for those who would use the same broken epistemological tool to justify whatever their bullshit is. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I just cringed and I continue to cringe. I'm cringing right now at my religion makes me pro-abortion. That's sad. You, there are plenty of perfectly good reasons to support basic human rights, to support reproductive rights without any appeals to religion whatsoever. So I totally agree with you uh, right there, Kenneth. And I guess, I mean, is the USA so fucked up that you need another church in order to fight the tyranny of churches? I don't know. I guess churches, if you support body autonomy, go for it. Churches which oppose body autonomy have a huge fight with cacti, all of you. Yeah. And w well, when your question is, is, is the USA so fucked up? You can just be like, well, yeah, you don't even have to finish yeah, the, this. Stop. I mean, because the US yeah. is made of people and people are fucked up. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a full stop. Is the USA fucked up? Yes. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let us go into our very final segment. But before we do, do I have things to say? I wonder if I have things to say. Yes, I have things to say. Um, first off, you can become a member of the channel for as little as 99 cents per month. That's right, people. 99 cents a month. So make sure you click the join button below the video, the video. This will give you access to special chat emojis, you know, little cute little things that you can actually use when you say chatty chatty things up in the chat. And also, we have a brand new store. It got that brand new store smelling everything. So make sure you visit tiny.cc slash merch ACA to get your favorite items like t-shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs. You can also check out new items like beanies, phone cases, and tote bags. And all, all the ACA shows actually feature a special limited edition item each month. How special is that? Because it's special and it's limited. So that makes it special. So be sure to check out the store for the nonprofits merch and merch from all of our other shows. Yeah. Get, get, you know, I, right. I, I got it. And, I and we don't hoodies. have hoodies. We have hoodies. Hoodies. Yeah. Hoodies. Right. That, that's, right. the, that's the bougie hoodie. Okay, people. So get on that. Get on that hoodie bougie. And on that malte. Mm. Take us into the last segment. Of okay, we got to step in the right direction here. Yeah. Yes, we do. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Yeah. Step in the right direction. Let's step, step, step uh, in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Malti. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so um, we got uh, a couple articles, um, one from the Washington Examiner through MSN um, by Luke Gentile, and uh, one from Hemet Meta on Only Sky, only Sky excuse me, 
Um, both uh, reporting on a new Gallup poll that's out that's showing only 81% of Americans believe in a God, which is an all-time low. Um, this is 81% across the board. Um, every, it falls much further down, depending on your subgroup. Um, every demographic has seen some drop in God belief, um, and it is especially noticeable in people under 30, liberals, and Democrats. Um, largest decline also is the group that are uh, currently uh, least likely to believe in God. Makes sense. Um, and those that had not changed as much, um, the ones that have the highest belief in God um, would be the politically conservative and Republicans. Um, they're at 92%, whereas liberals, young adults, 62 and 68% respectively. Um, so it's a trend that we've um, been seeing um, over the past years, which is great. Um, it also, um, what, what I'm wondering, though, is if people are not going to churches, they're not going to synagogues or mosques, where are they going for their religion? Um, this is, or, or for their spirit, spiritual um, connectiveness. I mean, is this, they're, they're all going to, um, to YouTube. Um, there's, there are those evangelists that have oh, God, now no. changed over, <laughs> you know, um, this is Greg Locke territory right now. Um, what I'm talking oh, about, um, <laughs> but, uh, they just read the horoscope and that's it. That's the spirituality. Please give me some hopes. So I mean, I'm just hoping that it's, uh, um, that the fence sitters that were propping up these numbers are now making, are, are seeing what's going on in the courts, in the public discourse, um, and are, uh, are starting to answer these polls in, uh, in a way that is showing the, the change in a, in a greater, greater amount. That's, that's at least what I'm hoping. Uh, it was a small poll, um, only 1,007 uh, um, adults um, who were polled, um, the random selection out of all 50 states. So I'm assuming these are um, adequate sample sizes. Gallup should know what they're doing. Um, but uh, I mean, so that's, I mean, that that's good. Almost 20% with no God belief. Um, and this, I mean, keep in mind that we're looking at what, about a third of people saying that they are no longer affiliated with any religious institution, right? Of the nuns. Right. So, so these are all good numbers. I'm saying, I'm seeing. Anyway, um, panel, what do you think? Teo, you were saying something actually. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I was only going to say that Multi and Kenneth, they have this special talent to take something that looks positive and turn it around and ask things like, where are they going now? And suddenly I the, the horrible yeah. truth crashes against me. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going to happen now with those people? So thank you. I'm not the yeah. emo cartoon anymore in here because <laughs> both of you guys are way better than me in finding the awfulness <laughs> on this. Well, so, well, Kenneth, so do you want to add more to... Yeah, to I was going to say, like, Kenneth, you ready to depress us now? Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, do you want to destroy the step on the right direction? Well, We're the, waiting for you, Kenneth. I mean, it's, it's just the step in the right direction, but like the, the part that stood out to me was in Hammett's uh, coverage of this, where he said, what's the explanation for this more recent decline? And and he points out that Gallup doesn't get into that kind of analysis. Um, right. And and Hammett notice, notes, keep in mind that the drop is far more significant for organized religion than the concept of God itself. So what I'm wondering is, is there some correlation, some causation here between the drop in God belief and some increase in critical thinking? And I, I don't think so because, um, you know, I, uh, 
like, I don't know, like, like go to any Walmart in America and tell me if you see some reason to believe there's some proliferation of critical thinking going on. Uh, you may be disappointed. I don't know. But um, no, as far as I can tell, people are losing faith in religious institutions. Um, mm -hmm. But, but you know, if, if people aren't thinking critically about the faith-based beliefs that keep these institutions alive in the first place, then I would argue they're just as like epistemically vulnerable to bullshit as they were before, which is where what Malty was saying comes into play of going, well, so now what are they going to do? If they're leaving the church, you know, now what? Because we see increases in things like belief in conspiracy thinking. If someone's like, no, I figured out the God thing isn't real, but let me tell you about the 14 hours I spent on YouTube learning about the flat earth, then like, well, then, then what's going on, you know? So yeah, a step in the right direction. But yeah, but I wish we were talking more, like on, on ACA shows, we're always talking to people about what they believe and why. And the why is the most important part. So it mm -hmm. seems like a huge mistake for the why to not be at the center of any analysis of belief, regardless of what belief we're talking about. Yeah, I um, I, I was thinking about that as well. Like, why are people not believe, right? And 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 even more so, why why aren't people saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. What are people then now calling their system of belief? Because, like as you pointed out, hmm. Kenneth, like people will still go on to YouTube and to TikTok and to other and and Reddit and HChan and 4chan and things of that in Facebook groups where you know it's a bunch of people who may not necessarily believe in God per se or or maybe like the Abrahamic God and but still would espouse bad ideas and believe in something that may not necessarily be true. I don't know, just like magnetic spoons uh that uh were attached to bodies once you got the COVID shot. You know, shit like that. So I get a little concerned about some things like as far as like God belief, because like I've had conversations with people who would only move their definition of what they feel God is. So I, I remember having a discourse between a Christian and, a, and, a, and another theist and, and, um, and they were quest they were um, actually challenging me on my non-belief. And I said, let's stop this right here. Tell me who, who you think God is, right? Define God. I, I turned to one person and they said, the universe. And I said, okay. Yeah. And I turned to the other person. And I said, define God. And he gave a completely different answer. So I said, see, this is the problem. You all cannot agree on what God is. So I'm wondering to myself, because like one of the things that I pointed out in my notes is that these these are surveys, right? These are not like they're these are people just random getting called. They get like, you know, a few little questions and they say, Oh, why I say double dibba 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 dib, right? And then report it back, right? Um, and, and, and it's not necessarily a bad way to collect information, but you know, we're still not getting into like the the you know the, the nooks and the crannies of, of the why, right? And or even what people are calling their their God, or even if they still consider themselves spiritual. And um, one of the things my running joke is, is that anytime that you will ever hear a black person say that they're spiritual, they're really an atheist, they just don't want their mama to know, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now, just saying. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Kenneth, <laughs> so I'm just gonna get like, like, I, yeah, it's some, true. Um, I like, I, yeah, I, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is people yeah, out there who don't have I, any uh, black friends are like, what? But like, no, but yeah, like, I get it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
Go ahead, Maltzy. <laughs> from the uh, um, the MSN article, one thing that I did find um, quite disturbing is that not only did they ask them about their God belief, but um, specific things they asked um, that if if God can hear prayers and acts upon those. <clears throat> and as they said, about half of those, 42% of all Americans said God hears prayers and can intervene on a purpose behalf. While 20% said that um, God does hear prayers, but cannot intervene with 11% thinking God does neither. Um, this, this is scary yeah. that, uh, you know, where we're at now, so you know, if you I think got... that, uh, you know, just gotta, just gotta pray. That's all you gotta do. And then, I I can, you know, I keep on driving my SUV. I can keep on doing whatever I want to do because God's going to take care of it. Yeah, God. No, that is the guy who hears your prayers and just, just ignores them. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. Okay, guys. Until the three of you started talking, I was being uh, very uh, positive again and optimistic. That is the words. Mm -hmm. Now, again, mm -hmm. I'm the emo cartoon. Thank mm -hmm. you, the yeah. three of you. Because no I read this article and I thought, okay, people are getting more logical. They are leaving the church. Is it possible? Is the uh, is atheism spreading th uh, thanks to the internet? Is the fact that people are finding a lot of information online, getting exposed to their ideas, and showing things that normally wouldn't be inside their religious bubble, is that creating something? Are amazing people like certain, like the atheist activists that are surrounding me right now, people responsible for this? No, it turns out they are just going for another way of magical thinking, and that is equally wrong, or maybe even worse. I have no idea. I just know that I'm depressed now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Yeah, like, okay. I, now that you made me feel good, like, I, I, when I read this, it was it was exactly like reading, I saw, a, a, like, a, a chart recently that was saying that, like, you know, per capita, so many fewer people are overdosing on cocaine now. And it's like, that's great news. But it's because fentanyl overdoses have gone up, like, 600% in the last 20 years. So it's like, pe people are still, people are still doing drugs. People are still overdosing. There's, you know, it's still a problem. So it's like, well, well, it's like, cool. Like, yeah, that's great that less people are ODing on cocaine, you know, per capita. Um, but the problem, the underlying problems um, persist. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will say this, guys, uh, before we um, wrap up everything that I, I mean, like, I, I do believe that with more knowledge, the more the more that we become a society of knowledge, the less we start to have any type of ties to God belief or or we are not necessarily attributing certain reasons to supernatural. Right. You know, remember, like there was a time where people thought that the sun was a god. They thought that a that the sun uh, came up because like of supernatural powers or what have you until we said, no, no, that's a stara. And I'll tell you why. Right. Or, you know, or are different or different. Um, or when people did think that the earth was flat, even though like I recently found out about 2% of the world's population actually believe the earth is flat. And that's a lot of people. And that's fucking scary. But, yeah. you know, there were, you know, different um, voyages that happened that proved that the earth is not flat and that we are not in a dome and the firmament is not the uh, part of this this particular dome and quit saying we didn't go to the moon yes we did stop that shit 
I need that to stop right now. But regardless, <laughs> you, I, you, I, I you believe that... in the moon, <laughs> sheeple. Okay. <laughs> Right? Oh, I will dollar. use this, this second to say two percent. That's twice as many redhead people we have in the world. That's that's oh god, too much. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. But you, but but one thing, one of the things that I did say that you know perhaps with shows like this and and the mission of the ACA and and other secular um, organizations, just perhaps we can raise a generation of non-believers that are serving in office and not legislating based on what one believes. But based that is based on a largely silent, invisible sky daddy. Couldn't say it yeah. better. Yeah. There you go. Well, and, and if you can't say it better, I'm gonna say more things before we go bye-bye. So make sure you guys join our fan social media outlets. You can find most of the nonprofit hosts on the atheist community of Discord by going to tiny.cc slash ACD Discord and on Facebook at tiny.cc slash FB. NP. If you would like to support the show, you can also do so by becoming a patron at tiny.cc slash Patreon NP. And if you find yourself already shopping at Amazon, support the atheist community of Austin by shopping at smile.amazon.com and selecting the atheist community of Austin as the beneficiary. And be sure to use that link to help out the ACA. We really do appreciate it. And people, really, I say this every time I conduct and I keep on saying it and I'm going to say it again. We really do value your feedback. So please tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like in the comments because you do. But I also want you all to email us. We are, we need emails, people. I I, I want to I wanna use that interstitial about the mailbag. I, I want to use it more often. So y'all, come on, email. It ain't going to take you that long. Y'all got Gmail. Shit, quit playing around. So make sure that you email us at nonprofits at atheist-community.org. Let me say that one more time. Nonprofits at atheist-community.org. And also visit the Atheist Community of Austin's official website at atheist-community.org on the latest of what's been happening. And feel free to contact the ACA at TV at atheist-community.org. Yes. So how's everybody feeling? Can I get a uh, can I get like a 20 second uh closing from everybody starting with Malti? Thank you for for having me uh, again. Um it's always good to uh, be here <coughs> with all these wonderful people. I got a coffin fit coming on. Oh well we going we gonna be I'm more depressed party. than ever. Thank you everyone. <laughs> 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 okay, so I'm going to use my 20 seconds to remind people that skepticism is not cynicism, and that we should be hopeful, and uh, and that 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 can uh, save you from being depressed. I hope. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Just this, and even in my work as a social worker, I, it's it's very easy to get jaded. But you know, but just always remember when you do show up, you actually do help somebody. So when we show up here and we talk about these particular things, we actually do help people. And I, and I really believe in that. And with all that being said, thank you again for watching and listening to us here at the nonprofit. And also happy belated Juneteenth and happy Pride.
Watch Talk Heathen live Sundays at 1 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTTH and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call TH.